0: Craft Beer Radio, episode 289 on May 17,
1: 2014. Oh, my little thirsty one, thirsty one, welcome to an episode of Craft, Craft Beer, Beer Radio.
0: Radio. That was uh, Weird Al playing My Bologna. We like the, uh, the accordion riff, so he yeah. decided to play on. Tonight we are doing an IPA show. A show that we said we would never do, but we have a rash of IPAs. Yes.
1: And we need to get them, they're better fresh, we so to... we want to get them done quick. So what we decided to do is to add a malty Weizenbach in the middle to cleanse our palate. A little that, intermezzo. Right. That will give us, hopefully, the, what we're looking for in terms of being able to do an IPA, with, IPA show without blowing our palates out. All right. So I think we will, let's start
0: with the Westbrook here. All right. So this is Westbrook India Pale Ale from Westbrook Brewing Company. This is provided to us by the brewery. Yep. Uh, Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. These people were listeners to the show when they were home brewers.
1: That's awesome. This is a 6.8% Alkabai Volume IPA with with 65 IBUs. They say a blend of pale Munich and Carapils malts. And a blend of four American hot varieties. They say, best serve at 45 to 50 degrees in a tulip or English-style pint glass. We are drinking these in the IPA glasses from Spielglau. Yes. These are the special IPA glasses. They say make IPAs amazing. Even better than the regular tulip glasses.
0: Uh... Dead. It's, it's better than a shaker pint. It is better than a shaker pint. So, in the one uh, saber salon that you may have listened to, uh, where they were doing Sam from Dogfish with the IPA glass and Eric Wallace from uh, left hand with the stout glass, they were doing lots and lots of comparisons against the straight, straight-sided shaker pint. Mm-hmm. That's an easy fight. Yeah. We agree wholeheartedly.
1: That's what we drink water out of on the show, <laughs> to give you <me> an idea. <laughs> Any
0: glass is better than the straight-sided shaker pint. Um where we've had issues in the past is we tend to prefer I tend to prefer, I want to speak for Greg in this case, IPAs out of the speed glass snifter glass.
1: Yes. I agree. I, I think that there hasn't been a beer that I've found doesn't taste better out of that glass than any other glass, including Weizen glasses. I think mm-hmm. Weizen's tastes better in those snifters. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Pilsner's I don't think there's a single beer I found that uh, tastes better in a better glass.
0: I mean, there's things about the glassware shape. This was something they talked about in the salon as well, which is something I had forgotten about. Like, the the size of the opening, it changes where the beer lands on your tongue, the Mm -hmm. velocity of the beer comes in your mouth, the angle of the glass, all kinds of things like that. And, you know, there's something about drinking a Pilsner from a fluted glass, you know, mm-hmm. a tall, steep-sided fluted glass things like that. I'm not sure if I would make such a sweeping statement, but for most craft beers, your default glass in my opinion should be a snifter of some sort and the spiegelau if if so inclined.
1: I think that also another thing that has to be said is that we are taking this from an angle that's different from the standard bar drinker. Right? I mean, we are trying to analyze these the best of our ability and tell you what we're tasting
0: that's a very good point because we've had a couple of like last week last time we did a show we had the uh the oscar blues um old chub nitro and it's a beer where we're trying to analyze it to the nth degree and talk about it for 10 minutes to entertain you and when greg and i had one when we were preparing the savor things where we were just drinking it and not thinking about it it was a hell of a drinker it was very enjoyable and so we need to be conscious of figuring out how to, how to display these good drinkers. Yes. You know, because you will enjoy them in most cases, because you're probably not sitting at a table in the basement, you know, spending 10 <laughs> minutes critically analyzing a beer. If uh, you
1: are, however, I would recommend the glass, you know, a Spielglau glass like this, because right. this is going to concentrate everything that you really want to try to concentrate about these beers.
0: Right, yeah. It's uh let let's go back to the beer though. Okay, so, so this Westbrook, is the Westbrook Brewings Cup, yeah. IPA. Okay, big aroma. It's a bit of it's not so much straight up citrusy, there's a bit of piney. There's a bit of it almost reminds me of uh it's a bit leafy in the nose. It kind of reminds me of when we're picking hops. Yeah, I was thinking you know, the like, same thing. Like it's very fresh kind and, of
1: hop leaf yeah. Yeah, and, that's, and resiny. Yeah. A little bit of you know that brings to my mind things that are sort of kind of hop adjacent. Uh mm-hmm. spearmint is, is an example of something that comes to my mind when I'm thinking of that sort of thing.
0: I uh, leaned the glass over and turned it, so I coated the glass, and uh, when I went back in, I got a bit of uh, a lemony type aroma. So, you know, a citrus, but kind of leading towards lemon. Yeah, I was thinking more orange,
1: but I agree with you with the citrus.
0: The beer is a fairly cloudy beer. It looks like it's yeast particulate floating in there, not, you know, proteins or whatnot. Um, Has a decent head on it. Drinking them from these IPA glasses. We're drinking from the. Today we're using the dogfish branded one, so they have a big dogfish logo nucleation point at the bottom.
1: Doesn't look like there's any yeast um, at the bottom. It's so. no, a can.
0: It's hard to see. We'd have to cut it open. I don't feel like making all that. Noise I, got, right I got a, now. a pretty oh, good okay. look in there. Okay. There's
1: nothing. Okay,
0: No sludge. The, um, I think the dogfish glasses have more. Nucleation area than the Spiegelau normal ones. If you look at the unbranded Spiegelau IP glasses, it's a little circle of nucleation points. Where this is a dogfish logo.
1: Mm-hmm. Although it's it's cloudy enough that you really can't you can't see the bubbles coming up, unfortunately. Yeah. That's always the fun part about those nucleation sites. But the
0: aroma is get... changing on me now. I'm getting pineapple, I'm getting a bit of a citrusy pineapple.
1: As you said it, I, I smelled it. From, from your lips to God's ears and <laughs> it was very
0: much so just- the aroma is telling a nice story you know it's progressed a bit since we've opened the can That that's always you know nice where you get especially for when we're doing like again the kind of drinking we do on the show yeah. where we, have, we like to find new things to tell you that's, that's fun for us it feels there's a certain feel you get when you have a wet hopped beer and when my wet hop beer, Tom Schmidlin hates that, uh, a fresh hopped beer where you hop the beer with undried freshly picked hops. It's a little more scratchy. It kind of scratches the back of your throat a little bit more. And when I drank this, it had the feel, the same kind of feel of a fresh hopped beer as the first thing I noticed from the very first sip.
1: It's definitely, it definitely has a kind of deep resinous quality to it. Mm-hmm. It, Tastes pretty damn good. I'm really getting uh, a lot of interesting shakes, but there was something very strange. The very... I I put it in my mouth, and the very first taste I got was weirdly bacon. Bacon. It went away quickly, but (laughs) I I got something that was like bacon, and that's why I went, What? You know, Jeff made a song and go, what? What And then it went away really quickly. But I don't know what that was. It may have been just a little bit of sort of umami kind of coming out.
0: You know when the times around hop harvest season, right, where you pick those hops and you throw a couple hops in a beer and drinking it? how it gets a little more resinous, a little more scratchy, mm-hmm. you know, that that's exactly what I'm getting out of this beer. If I was, someone handed this to me blindfolded, I would say, you know, there's a couple of hop cones floating in it.
1: Yeah, we haven't done this in a while, but I've talked about how I have sort of a visual brain and that mm-hmm. I sometimes imagine things when I'm drinking and what's coming to my mind when I'm drinking this is you know, picking those hops and that when you say scratchy, this is, it's kind of similar to the I'm thinking about those in the hop vine and particularly the, the the leaf is very. It's a scratchy leaf. It, yeah. It's not you know. It's not just a waxy leaf. It has yeah. little it's like, tiny. It's a, it's a climbing plant, right? Yeah. So it has burrs on it. I you know. it doesn't. It doesn't hurt you, but you feel it as as rough. No, it can. It can hurt you. It can. It can I guess. Slice you up. But um, th- there, there's a little bit of that kind of uh, and and it comes across I guess as kind of rustic, kind mm-hmm. of like a. Um, I, the thing, the other weird thing coming to my mind in terms of rustic is I, I think of rustic and I think of like a, a real rustic oatmeal. Now, well, this doesn't taste anything at all like mm-hmm. oatmeal, but I'm right. thinking about the quality mm-hmm. of kind of jamming things together in a rustic way without it being, without it feeling super produced and things like that. Uh, it, 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 it feels rustic, and it, but it's really delicious. I mean, so
0: time. far we've only talked about the hops in the spirit, mm-hmm. and really that's. That's what you should be talking about. The the malts there just to set a stage for the hops. There's not much to talk about with the malt, uh, as far as I can determine. It seems like a pretty standard Pellemart base. I can't really get anything particular Pound out of it and carapils.
1: Okay. Weirdly, they have carapils in there, but they don't have a. Mm-hmm. It's not dark.
0: Um, oh, just a touch, right? Yeah, something like that. But I mean, for me, I'm not really getting any real highlights anything that's, you know, stepping forward about the malt that's just setting the stage for the hops. And it's a very enjoyable drinker. Oh, this it's, is the,
1: it's a really good drinker. It has a great hop flavor that doesn't mm-hmm. go too over in the bitterness, uh, enough sweetness to, to bring that up. i trying to figure out what the malt component is adding, and you're right, it's hard because... Mm-hmm. It, it, it's not even saying the stage. It's the construction behind the stage, right? It's it's the foundation. It's the foundation. And then the stage is sort of set by the hops. Sure.
0: This is the Westbrook IPA from Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I think this is nice and enjoyable. I, I like that it doesn't overpower me with hops. At the same time, it really delivers on giving you a pretty hot-forward IPA, but
0: not not particularly overbalanced. You know, I might be changing my opinion on this IPA glass a little bit. Like, the bottom of the sample, you know, it comes from the bottom of, the, you know, the, the little ribbed part there, mm-hmm. down over the neck. It really wakes up that last couple sips of beer, right? Keeps, makes it as good as the first couple. And
1: That was, I think, one of the things that we had discussed that... The agitation at the bottom may be advantageous. Mm-hmm. Now, the stout glass is essentially a lot like the IP glass, but it doesn't have the agitation at the bottom, right? It,
0: it's yeah, smooth. Yeah, well, it still has the shelf, though, so it's going to have this acceleration right. thing, right? Uh, it just doesn't have the ribs. The uh... Ribs for your pleasure. <laughs> yeah, that's what Sam said in the salon. Oh, really? <laughs> he did. I didn't even listen. Yeah. Um, it was funny, you know. When we first saw the IPA glass, we are like, oh, goofy glass, you know. Is that the, you know, they have to pick something. That well, we've so... seen a lot of different well, glasses, But the, right? my, you know, skeptical me was how much of this design is function, how much of it is marketing. Because if the best beer glass you could come up with looks just like another beer glass, then it's kind of a wasted effort, right? Well, on both sides. Mar- for marketing-wise, right? Yes. Um, but, you know, the story ta- Sam tells, and it sounds pretty honest right is like they had a bunch of t- different shaped snifters and things like that and then this one goofy glass that looked kind of like the ipa glass that they blew just as an or that uh spiela blew is just an outlier outlier and i guess both dogfish and sierra are like i hope that's not the glass that wins that, that thing looks like a you know a sex toy of some sort you know and uh it turns out they drink from them. like oh my god you know it's that weirdo glass that won they went through a couple other revisions and whatnot after that and then, you know, some people make comments that the Stout glass is a ripoff of the IPA glass. I mean, it has some characteristics, but this also has characteristics that the Sam um, Adam's glass has, mm-hmm. right? It's probably just a good design. It's the best that humans have discovered so far for, for this kind of uh, refreshing a beer while you're drinking it type thing. Where, you know, a sniffer is going to give you a different experience for that.
1: Uh, back to the beer. The best thing I could come up with in terms of malt is, is toast. White bread toast. That's kind of... Huh.
0: See, I couldn't even get that past. I mean, with all that f- fresh hop flavor that t- was in there. I mean, all I, I couldn't even get to the malt. It was just I couldn't even open that door. Okay, so I think our next lowest... Bitterness, lowest alcohol, IPA is from Oso Brewing. This is their Hop Dinger, and we're gonna go with that one next. Let's try these coaster bottle openers here. We tried them before; they seem to have worked. Did we? I didn't
1: really. We tried them at least on the on the post show.
0: Okay. Yeah. Not so easy to use. I won't be doing All that right. again.
1: Oso's Hop Dinger is. 5.4% by Vines, 49 IBUs. SRM, they say is 14. Is a kinda... It's kinda a golden amber? Would you say? It's a little bit... A little dark to be gold. But... that's a... Yeah.
0: What is that? That's a... there's a color. It is. It's a bronze. How about bronze? Bronze. Would you go with bronze. Yes, I go with bronze.
1: Now they say on their website, uh, obnoxious breeds of the most pungent hops are corralled by a strong malt backbone to make Hopdinger dangerously drinkable. So uh, they didn't have any any other thing on their site, so that's why I read the marketing speak.
0: Okay. All right. So, port it. Didn't smell too much, so I did the whole tilt the glass, coat the sides, and after I did that, I'm doing it again here to see if I smell the same thing. It's, it's it smells like a pretty aggressive hop. It's it's kind of a resinous, piney type yes. aroma. I wouldn't go caddy on the aroma. There's a little green in the little. If
1: you, take, if you pull it to the light, it looks a little green. Huh? Not sure. I'm.
0: Oh, maybe. Yeah, I've seen green IPAs before. Yeah, the Ones that no. have so much stuff yes. in there that So yeah, it's 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 a deep resin. And not I wouldn't go to catty, it's not sulfur, it's not so drain. nothing like that. But it's definitely a deep resin. You know what
1: it smells open. almost like a little spearmint.
0: Hmm. And then after it settles down a little bit, I'm getting a little more sweetness. I'm getting this um Kind of. I have, to, I have to get another sniff of it before I be able to describe it. it reminds me of uh, like a wheat cracker or something, like a toasted cracker or something like that. A little bit of aroma like that.
1: Uh, yeah, no, I'm with you. Toasted cracker, with a little bit of sesame on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. Um. Need to taste another, another sip mm-hmm.
0: of that. So it's, um, it's pretty well balanced in the flavor. It It's not nearly as hoppy as, mm-hmm. as the first beer. The, uh, reminds me, you know, for an immediate first impression benchmark, I'll stick a benchmark near Sierra Nevada, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, right? I'll stick it there, and then let's try to walk away from that one. Let's walk I away know. fast, because I'm... Okay, Greg's disagreeing. I,
1: I I don't get, strangely, a, a lot of hot flavor out of this. I, I get... Mm-hmm. Uh, really balanced, very drinkable beer that doesn't express itself too strongly in either way. It doesn't highlight a particular hop. It doesn't get overly bitter. It just is kind of hop-flavored mm-hmm. and is pretty drinkable.
0: Yeah, there's there's no date code on the bottle. I'm uh, just kind of curious about age of it, right? Right. I've, I've had an issue. I don't know if you saw my Twitters tweets from yesterday, but I bought a, a variety pack of these Sierra Nevada IPAs, right? Uh-huh. The the black IPA, the white IPA, the Session and the Torpedo. And I've had three of the Torpedo bottles now. And they're all horribly hop-faded. And I think the beer was bottled late February? And these torpedoes, like, have, like, no hop aroma left in them. Like, they taste like an old pale ale. And uh, I'm I'm just surprised that they went off the reservation that quickly. And, I don't know, from the label of Hopdinger, where it's, like, pungent, hoppy, crisp, floral, bitter, piney, resinous, engaging. I'm just curious about the bottling date on this beer, you know? Mm-hmm. Hmm.
1: I'm waiting for the hops to really jump out and, and hit me. But it all is is kind of muddied. It doesn't mm-hmm. really taste uh, particular. And I'm not feeling any of the particular hops.
0: This is uh, Oso Brewing from uh, Oso Brewing Company in Plover, Wisconsin. And uh, this beer was sent in by the brewery. Mm-hmm. It's definitely
1: drinkable. I mean, it it, it solves that problem. Mm-hmm. It, it's extremely drinkable. I think if you got a six pack of this, you would you would down it quickly. I, but if you're searching for, I would be a little flavors, di- I would be a little
0: disappointed by the name, right? Hopdinger, yeah. IPA. This seems more like a APA. Yes, something like that. I,
1: I agree. It's, it's more of a pale ale then then it feels like an IPA it's actually
0: that's why i was you know curious about the the decoding and the age on this one right i'm just wondering if this one's a little older mm-hmm. hop faded a bit cuz maybe it was a bright and crisp before but now it's it doesn't seem so bright and crisp <clears throat> a little bit of
1: a french bad bread kind of malt
0: yeah, yeah, I think French bread carries through. You actually can't taste the malt in this mm-hmm. one. You know, it's not it's not all super-duper hop show like the uh, the first one.
1: All right, so should we go with
0: one more hop beer, or should we go with our... Your I, I think after
1: that beer, we can probably do one more hop beer, and then we can...
0: Yeah, and who knows? Maybe we won't need the intermission beer. We'll see. We can go grab another hop beer from the... Maybe we can do an IPA show and actually
1: not have a wrecked pallet. That would be amazing. The, although the, the time we did do a hop show and decided to stop doing it, we had seven beers.
0: <laughs> so, you know,
1: that gives you an idea. What's next?
0: Uh, so let's see. We got, um, we got an eight and a half double IPA and we got a nine percent experimental IPA. I guess we'll do the eight and a half. All here, right. You know? so this is uh, to shoots. no, no we this is the Coronado Sock Knocker
1: so this is a new beer from Coronado uh, this was given to us by the brewery thank you Coronado this is an American uh, double IPA 8.5% alcohol volume don't have much information on this because it's so new there might be some stuff on the label that Jeff has a silkscreen in there that he
0: can read actually you know what let me pause and see if they sent me some marketing collateral that's a great idea And we're back. So you did? Did you find anything? No, I didn't get any material with the uh...
1: on their bottle. They say Amarillo, Centennial, Columbus, and Simcoe hops, and that's kind of all they say. Besides marketing speak,
0: so silk screen though.
1: I like silk screen bottles. They feel good. They feel.
0: I wish I knew how to turn them into glasses like this. Yeah, Jeff has a stone... What is that stone? 11th anniversary. Someone... A listener sent us this. They took the stone 11th anniversary bottle, which is a silkscreen bomber, and they cut the top off where the shoulder starts, and then they uh, kind of smoothed it out with a torch or something, right? So it's it's a perfectly drinking glass. I've never drank a beer from it because... You it holds all your pens. <laughs> you can't see the beer. But it's... Yeah, it's great for holding pens. It's it's very cool. It's... Yeah. I would rather have a bunch of these on the shelf than a bunch of bottles on the shelf.
1: That's true. That would be, because it serves two purposes. I wonder what the process is behind this, because you have to cut it without breaking the glass.
0: You score it with a glass cutter or something like that, Yeah. break it off, and then you probably hit it with a torch, I think. I don't know if a normal propane torch would be hot enough, though.
1: No, probably not. It's cool, though.
0: Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll try to make one with a sock knocker and see if I can do it.
1: Back to the beer. The Sock Knocker.
0: Okay, so the aroma. Sitting in this IPA glass for a few minutes, we're looking for marketing collateral. uh, My bowl was just full of pungent, resiny, Northwest aroma. Don't you think? Um, And then another smell. I'm getting a little touch of orange.
1: It definitely resiny helps. I mean, when you said Northwest aroma... For some reason, it didn't mm. click to me that you're saying Northwest hop aroma. Yeah, I was just yeah, thinking, sure. oh, like Seattle. <laughs> so- <laughs> yeah, it smells like Seattle, yeah. <laughs> man.
0: It smells like coffee and weed. I'm gonna, so that was just kind of like what was sitting in the bowl. Now I'm gonna like slowly coat the sides yeah. here. Let's
1: get this side action going.
0: And it pulls through. I'm getting more tropical when I do that. I'm getting a a bit of pineapple. Really, is the is the main one. Nothing, you know, you know, another, you know, other adjectives we use frequently are, are mango and passion fruit. Not the really, awesome not flavors. really getting those yeah. this time. I'm getting pineapple again on this one. So it uh, almost seems. Like something you'd expect from a mosaic, but they don't have mosaic in here. They say, Greg read it already, but I'm refreshing my memory. It's Amarillo, Centennial, Columbus, and Simcoe. I guess Simcoe could carry some of that flavor. What do you taste? What do I taste? There's a big bitter blanket that lays on your tongue. And
1: hand is not prime just want to make sure oh, it's not No.
0: what's the factors for that
1: uh, I don't know I just looked at the prime number list uh the next one is two ninety three okay
0: it's either gonna be uh three or <laughs> probably just probably three huh
1: i can I can search for those factors <laughs> go ahead and talk about the description I will search for sure. those factors
0: alright so here I'm trying to get more I mean it's a big hoppy beer and the first sip just like blew out my taste buds trying to figure out what I was tasting kind of just like zzz, just get that and it was kind of resiny but let me uh, let me take another sip here see if I can
1: <clears throat> the factors of 289 are 117 and 289 289 mm-hmm. is in fact the square mm-hmm. of 17
0: oh 17 well maybe there's a title for the show We don't have anything better. (laughs) Hmm.
1: So it lays down a sort of... uh, a kind of sod of... of sort of a gingery hop and puts on top of it kind of this melange of a little bit of orange and pineapple. Okay.
0: Yeah, I like how you're call of gingery, but it's not spot on, right? Yeah. It's just ballpark. And right. like, let's see if we can be something... Be, I don't know. I'd like to be a little more accurate, right? I'm not sure how to be so, though. Hmm.
1: It's, it's definitely not, you know, a fresh... Ginger from the almost like a pickled ginger or candied, right? It's something that that's had time to mellow. Yeah, from the sort of brightened spiciness
0: you get from fresh. So if you take the flavor that you're used to in like a, a sushi ginger, but take the tanginess away, yeah, maybe that's the ballpark, right? Maybe that's the area.
1: I think it's more. I think candied ginger works. If you had that, yeah, 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 like candied ginger. I I think that that works although it's still a little bit less spicy, but there's still, I think, a definite evidence of that ginger in there or, or some, you know, flavor compound that's very similar to the ginger in there. And then, you know, like I said, that, that's that's the sod. That's mm-hmm. the that's the carpet that it's laying down. And then on top of that it rolls some fruits over on it. And those fruits are like you said, orange, pineapple things along the things that we normally would expect out of these uh, of these hops.
0: But it this does a, present them in a very interesting way. This is the first time I've seen this warning on a label. It's a California Prop 65 warning. Some materials used in the color decorations on the container contain cadmium, a chemical known in the state of California, to cause birth defects and reproduce harm, another reproductive harm. Huh. I don't know if you've been to California. It's a good been, thing your ha, tubes are tied, ha, sir. Have you been to California? <laughs>
1: Yes, I've been to California. Several
0: times. Everywhere you look, there's signs where, known in the state of California to cause cancer, right? Have you seen those? No. I, when I was out there, I'd see them everywhere, you know? It was by the air conditioning units for the building that I was in. You know, it's just like, signs. Were, signs always say, known in the state of California to cause cancer. And this is the same kind of thing, where, you know, there's a chemical in this green paint, Which contains cadmium, which is known to cause reproductive harm in only the state of California. (laughs) Good thing we're not in California anymore.
1: Anymore? We've never been in the state. Not this show. No. Uh, The closest we've come to is Colorado. I just... Well, no, actually, the closest we probably came to is Idaho, right? It was
0: a play on the... We're not in Kansas anymore. Sorry for inaccuracies. (laughs) Jesus but is, is Idaho the closest we've come as as
1: a pair?
0: I don't know what's closer. we were in northern Idaho versus versus Denver. I don't know what's closer. Yeah. So, Sock Knocker from Cor- uh, yeah, Coronado. It, it, it's a bit of a sock knocker. I'm, I'm feeling the <laughs> booziness on it. Uh, you know, knock your socks off. You know, not...
1: Yeah, is it a business... I mean, it's not... I'm knocking my socks off, but it, it's, it's good. Uh, it's, I like it.
0: Okay, so maybe what I meant was, maybe because it's late in the show, it's the point where the, the alcohol is starting to affect me a yes. little bit. So maybe it's standing on the shoulders of giants, of all the other beers tonight, <laughs> uh, you know, for the uh, the cumulative effects of the alcohol. I think I said cumulative without much slurring there, so that's good. Um I'm not I'm not ripped or anything yet but uh, no. you know this is the you know we first can beer. test you but I'm sure you won't be that high. Yeah this is the first beer where you actually f- you know feel a little bit of the booziness. It's
1: the it's the strongest beer yeah. tonight. I well you we don't know what the pre-show what was the pre-show alcohol?
0: I don't know it wasn't very strong 6% or yeah. less.
1: These have all been roughly in that range this is the strongest one. So um it hits us strong but it hides the alcohol pretty well I think.
0: Yeah, it doesn't really taste boozy. Yeah, just you just feel it from the bloodstream. Right. Um, so you know, back to the flavor. I mean, it's a good flavor. It's it's definitely not a citrus forward double IPA, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's a resiny forward double IPA right. with hints of citrus, hints of pineapple, things like that. It, it, it's a decent drinker for sure. Now I don't know about you, but I kind of do want a malt break. You do? Yes. Okay. How strong is that Weizenbach, though? I'm not sure. I want a big boozy break. <laughs> that's that's going to be more defeating. I would rather stay away from the alcohol than to f- f- cleanse the palate. They can try the other also, which is a porter. St- a stout. Yeah, a stout. Sure. Why don't you go grab that? All right. Okay, we're back. We grabbed another intimezo. We're going to let it warm up a little bit here. Uh, one thing I've been meaning to talk about, we had these guys send us this... Um,
1: hangover prevention. Hangover
0: prevention. It's it, You know, it's a, it's a herbs and spices, natural cure right. type thing. Homeopathy. This is Clark, kind of. Clarkoff, Clarkoff, C, or I'm sorry, K-L-A-R-K, O-P-F, trademark, at twist. Jesus, Swiss Alpine <laughs> Organics, and it prevents hangovers. They sent us a they sample. They say pack. it prevents hangovers. They sent us a sample pack of these, and it's a powdered uh, thing that has dried There's honey. There's a star after
1: prevents hangovers, and it says this statement has not been evaluated by the FDA. So, just want to make sure. Uh,
0: you know, he asked. To send us samples. And I said, sure, send us samples. We will be skeptical about these, critical about them, but we'll try them. So, you know, uh, we got them right before uh, when Greg McGill was here from New Zealand. And we've been trying them for for several things. Um, That night, we took Greg out. I used these. And I really put it to the test. I was uh, not well hydrated at the start of the night. Mm -hmm. So I figured dehydration will... It leads to hangovers. So let's see if this can stop it. I was getting sick, right? And I did these as directed. I still had a hangover in the morning. So that was the worst case scenario. I've taken it a couple times since. I haven't had hangovers. So the results are such inconclusive. But they give you uh, packets. I don't know what the cost of the packets are. Could you look online and see what the costs are for these things? Okay. Um, But they recommend you take one before you start drinking take one before you go to bed and it's this little packet of powder and when I first got it I thought you were supposed to mix them in water. It's really hard to get the thing dissolved in water. It just doesn't it's so dry it doesn't want to um, sink into the water. Uh, It's not too bad if you actually rip open the packet and kind of Eat the powder. Um, That's how I started. You, you, you yeah. stuck
1: in water and it turned into a mess. It turned
0: into a real mess. Greg ate the powder. I was worried about cinnamon challenge type stuff, right? Where you'd cough it up and inhale it in and kill right. yourself, right? So I was was worried about eating the powder. But it's pretty good tasting stuff. It has... Uh, the ingredients are listed here. Some of them, at least. It has uh, dandelion root eps- extract, gypsy weed extract... Right. Saint Mary Thistle extract, which is milk thistle, which is the you know that supplement that it's supposed to help your liver. Help right. your liver. That's and then uh, asparagus root extract, pick, prickly pear extract, European elderflower extract, lady mantle extract.
1: Did you say dandelion? I did. Root.
0: It also has uh, essential amino acids along with yeah, vitamin yeah. E, vitamin C, and and uh, powdered honey
1: yeah that's what gives the flavor is the powdered mm-hmm. honey so for six packets it's ten bucks yikes I, I mean honestly you know I think it's a nice sort of flavorful I, I, I enjoyed it I thought it was nice it flavor um
0: I, I when I told Greg about these Greg from New Zealand he's like oh I've seen things like that before and they yeah. taste awful and yeah. a delightful New Zealand accent yeah. right um But uh, these ones taste good. Like, I don't mind taking these. It's just uh, the results have thus far been inconclusive. And Uh, frankly, $10 for six? $10 for six, $25
1: for 16, $50 for 40. You know, a better hang of a cure is water and aspirin. And that's a lot cheaper.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I, I. I just, I, we're the skeptical, skeptics, right? Yeah. And the, the, I don't know whether this is technically homeopathy or not, but it, you know, it's, it's a. They're not
1: talking about how they, you know, they're not, they don't have alcohol, like powdered alcohol in this diluted to the nth mm-hmm. degree, so it's not yeah. technically homeopathy, but it's, yeah. it's, uh, alternative medicine, if you will. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's not really, it, as far as I can tell, there's nothing that, in here that would necessarily prevent your hangover. The best way to manage a hangover is to make sure you drink a lot of water and have some aspirin handy. I mean and the, then you're not gonna have one. I mean
0: their their theory is with these vitamins and whatnot, it reduces the effects of hangover, right? I mean that's kind of I
1: don't think it's a very successful theory yeah. then.
0: I mean that's me putting words into their mouth, but I mean that's what I would want to believe, right? Yes. You know, if I'm I'm skeptical but optimistic, I'm going to look at this. Oh, it has, you know, two thousand three hundred thirty percent of the recommended daily allowance of vitamin B. Well, vitamin B must be useful for um, preventing hangovers, and has sixty-seven percent of vitamin C. I'll
1: be honest. I like the taste. I thought it tasted, mm-hmm. you know, really fine when I just yeah. you know, downed it, yeah. and I was like, "This is t- this tastes good," but it. I don't think it has any. As far as I can tell, from from my experience and from your experience, mm-hmm. it doesn't have any preventative power uh, from hangovers. So I would say, uh, a busted myth busted.
0: We would have to do more testing. I think it's it's hard to do it.
1: It's like mythbusters. They don't yeah. do they don't do yeah. full tests, but you know, if, yeah. they, they they at least provide you with the initial experiment and then let you go from there and do yeah. further if you want to. If you,
0: <laughs> yeah that. It's hard to tell a listener to try it for themselves and test themselves at, you know, three nights of drinking for ten bucks. But if it was six packets for like four bucks, I would say that yeah, give it
1: a shot. But for ten, I think that's a little too much. All right, but I think that's, that's how you can make money on it.
0: So our intermezzo is uh, Porter from Oso Brewing, which we did last week with the Red Ale and we ranked it last, right? Yeah.
1: Um, this is provided us by, the, by we, the brewery.
0: By the brewery, yes. We f- felt that it was maybe a hard luck loser because we did a Red Ale, which is a style that neither of us really like. And then the other styles in the show were not so much. So tonight we're like, let's give Oso a shot at Redemption, bring an IPA out in an even playing field. Had, didn't do so well. So far. We have one Oso left. We needed a multi beer for a mm-hmm. break. So we brought out the porter. Let's see how it goes. So this
1: is 6.7% knock by volume, 49 IBUs, SRM they say 86. What is SRM? What does <laughs> SRM go up to? I thought it went up to like only like 50 or something. No, it goes up to I don't know, whatever. It's pretty dark with with brown highlights.
0: Also, oh, is that a Wisconsin, Plover Wisconsin? They say Get
1: Crystal it. Munich Malts, and oh. it's an oatmeal porter. So there's oatmeal in here, too.
0: All right. So, big roasty aroma is my first whiff. I'm going to cook the glass here so I can multiply that aroma with all that great surface area. It smells pretty good. It has uh, some roast. There's a, a fair amount of toffee in the aroma. Yes, I agree. Yeah, I'm liking the aroma of this, mm-hmm. certainly.
1: Give me a little bit more warming. It's about 56 degrees yeah. on the surface, I, I just so it just a needs sip. a little more warming, I think.
0: I took a sip. I mean, it's, it's a porter, though, so, you know, I don't know, 60 degrees.
1: We'll see. That's just the surface temperature. Yeah, yeah. I mean...
0: Yeah, I'm at 52, so... It's where it's
1: hitting the room temperature, so it's going to be a little bit different.
0: One of the interesting things, I I almost feel like we're doing a Spiegel commercial tonight. I don't mean to, but we do like the glassware, and Spiegel has never paid us a dollar. No. So, so don't worry about that. Um, we just think that it's really good glassware. Well, Spiegel has
1: never paid us a dollar, but we've got a lot of glasses without no. paying them a dollar either.
0: <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? The, uh, the thin glass of the speak of glasses, actually, it keeps... How do I want to describe this? You would think that... I, I would think, Sam Calagione would think, he mentioned this in the salon, we had similar initial thoughts that, you know, a normal pint glass or a big beer glass, the thick glass walls would be more insulative. You know, that was that's my gut feel, right? More insulating. But what it is, is it's a bigger heat sink, Right. So the beer warms up faster in a room temperature pint glass because of all that thermal mass of the glass. Oh, okay. So the Spiegel okay, right. glasses actually keep the beer. Well, when you're not wrapping your hands around them, right. the it's Spiegel glasses actually keep the beer colder longer, and they're using that as a benefit of of the Spiegel glasses. And I was like, well, hold on a second here. Beers coming out of a, like the beers are pouring in savor are all sitting in ice, right? So they're going to come out way too cold. Mm -hmm. You know? And then, not only that, it's a much more
1: complex situation than that because you have it surrounded by air, which means there's a constant convection with air. So there's that situation. The percent percent of
0: effect is small compared to the thermal mass of the the glass. The thicker
1: glasses will prevent more of a heat sink, but you're still in constant contact with the air around the surface area in which is exposed to the air.
0: But if you go back to the Craft Beer Radio frozen glass experiment. Which is on YouTube. Yep. And the the documents are, the research, from Craft I started a new brand, Craft Beer Radio Research Labs for that one. Mm -hmm. And we have yet to follow up with another (laughs) research project. We have ideas, Um, though. We do. We just gotta do them. Uh, Anyway, the the thermal mass of uh, shaker pint, especially a frozen shaker pint, is huge. Mm. Huge. So it does make sense, and the Spiegel glasses, the thin wall glasses they do give you an option if it it keeps the beer at the beer's current temperature better than a thick wall glass and If you want to put some heat into the beer, what do you do? Wrap your hands around it Remember and the heat goes right in
1: that glass is a lot like ceramic it's it's not like a metal it's not crystalline, mm-hmm. so it's going to be less conductive of heat mm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like you said, it's going to serve more as a heat sink. It's going to to work in that manner. So the thinner glass, obviously, the less of that will be. But I'm I'm just I mean I'm still wondering about the mass of air that's surrounded. Air's
0: a horrible conductor, though, right? I mean, not I mean, and this is going to be the the convection's. So it depends how much the glass sweats, right? Yeah. If, the, if it's in a humid environment, the glass is going to sweat, and then the air moving past the glass is going to cause specific heat to drop. You know, that kind of... It know. gets into a lot of... There's, what there's get, a lot you know of what things it's to getting into? It's getting into post-show stuff. Yes. Let's get back to the beer.
1: It smells kind of roasty. I kind of like this, this glass so I can hold it like a... I don't know, like, like like a pistol or something. <laughs> it's like a pistol grip yeah. on a beer glass. Yeah, yeah. I can really <laughs> just kind of hold it down to the bottom, shove it up to my, to my nose. It's, it's different than than the Spielberg glass that we normally have, which are we treat more gingerly and more delicately.
0: Well, that's it. I mean, well, the thing about stem, oh, I want to get away from the glass commercial. <laughs> Damn it! The thing about the stem glassware is when you hold it by the stem, you don't impart any heat into right. the glass. Right. This one doesn't have a stem. So you don't have that option so much. But, you know, it's kind of, grabbing it with a full fist down by the bottom, it's kind of like holding a beer mug. Mm -hmm. You know? It just feels more robust. It feels like, yeah, I'm drinking a beer. Not, you know, tasting pansy beer in a snifter.
1: It definitely has... a. A qualitative effect on the way I'm enjoying holding the beer. Now, whether that, <laughs> does that transfer through? I'm betting it does because I think we have found of the through the experience. show that everything does. You yeah. know, all of your experience does.
0: This also beer is good. Um, the flavor, it, it's pretty much a straight up porter. Get some good roast. The the hops, they I don't know what's in here. I would guess it's kind of an English hop, like an EKG or something like that. It feels a little bit earthy, the bit I'm getting. Um, it's not a super hoppy porter, though. It's definitely the best Oso beer that we've had. Keep talking. I need to just... I'm still figuring it out. Huh? I'm trying to... It's one of those beers that we talked about at the beginning of the show, where... It's fine beer for drinking it's the more we try to analyze it the the less fine it's going to sound because we're going to run out of things to say i I think it's fine.
1: There's some flavor at the beginning that I was still trying to figure out it It's a little hmm, it's a little almost no, that's not right. it's going to say
0: aptly, but it's not quite right. no, I'm not getting anything like that. Take bigger sips, drink it a little bit faster. Hmm. What is that? I don't know. Because I'm not sure. I don't I I don't feel anything that's
1: No, there's an interesting flavor at the start of this, which mm-hmm. I kind of I'm kinda of digging. Uh it's it's got this this fruit punch. And not fruit punch, but it's got a punch of this fruity flavor at the start that I actually, I kind of like. It, it maybe it a, pear. It, it's something along uh, those lines.
0: If I, if I'm tasting what I'm tasting here and trying to find fruit, excuse me, I'm getting a, a blend of strawberries and cherries. If anything. But that's me looking really hard for fruit.
1: It's got roasty parts there. It doesn't feel it doesn't, well maybe if I really yeah. search for it it doesn't really have that sliminess that I associate with oatmeal. Um, well, I, that for, I, like I, for, I
0: forgot you mentioned the results in here. It could be a really small percentage. Yeah. You don't know. It doesn't really come across like an oatmeal port or oatmeal stout anything like that.
1: But there's something, yeah. There's something vaguely. Uh, in the, the closest I can come to it to a flavor that describes it is baked apple. Um, you know, not. You know, not like a.
0: <laughs> what are you doing back there? Everyone's gonna be wondering. I don't have the dump bucket here today, so I poured the rinse water into the the can from the Westbrook. <laughs> I didn't feel like drinking the rinse water this time. I'm sorry. Mm.
1: Yeah, this is the best Oso beer, I think, that they've sent us. This is this this one strikes me in a way that I, I really do like it a lot. It's really drinkable. Mm-hmm. It's got some interesting flavors beyond just the sort of roastiness. Uh I, you know, they they say, you know like they don't say judicious amount amount of oatmeal, they say juice judicious judicious amounts of crystalline. Try saying that. What? Judicious. Now now I'm fine with
0: it. Judicious amounts of oatmeal. Judicious amounts of oatmeal. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be a dick. Uh, No, please. I'm a dick enough to you. Please. (laughs) Well, we're finishing up the the Oso. Mm -hmm. You know what time it is. Mm. Everyone knows what time it is. It's Mm. way overdue for this show. So, well, what do you want to talk about now? I think it's time to talk about craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. What's that? That is where you do your Amazon shopping. Everyone should do their Amazon now, shopping.
1: No, I do Amazon shopping, but when I do Amazon, I go to amazon.com.
0: That is the wrong place to go, because when you do that, you give all of the money you spend, all the profit that they you generate goes right to Amazon and Jeff Bezos.
1: Well, I don't necessarily want to do that. I want to give some of my profits, some of the money I pay, which is, obviously, it's not going to change, right, at all.
0: You want to give it to two fine, upstanding, not-so-young men.
1: That's what I'm thinking, but how in the world would I do that?
0: CraftBearRadio.com slash Amazon. So what does that do for me? What that does is it forwards you right through to Amazon.com. It attaches our referral link, and... You just shop, it costs you not a penny more. Not a single penny? Not a penny. Wow. And and we get, depending on how much we generate in a month, six, maybe six and a half percent of what you spend goes to Craft Beer Radio.
1: Wait, so I can support the show and buy the
0: stuff I want with no penalty to me whatsoever? The only penalty is that you have to undertake the burden... Of going to com slash Amazon. Well,
1: it doesn't sound like much of a burden.
0: It's a little burden. I mean, say you wanted to, you know, shop on your mobile device and use the Amazon store app. You couldn't support us that way.
1: That's true. So, so I have to go to my computer to do it. Yeah. You're already making it more difficult for me, but okay, I'll do it to support you because I think you're worth it.
0: I mean, it's really the least you can do. Honestly Pretty much <laughs> You really couldn't do much less And still support us All Thank right. you very much Thanks everybody That was Did you like that role playing improv? scene <laughs> Did you like that improv there <laughs> It wasn't really meant to be funny improv It was just uh, Functional improv Okay What's next Hophenge IPA From Deschutes Brewery We've had this before Many years ago Many years ago The label was changed Significantly and the biggest difference about Deschutes is it is now available in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania.
1: Which is where we live.
0: Yes, they uh, their official launch is actually next week. Um, but I think it leaked out a little bit early. They kind of made themselves on the scene for Pittsburgh Craft Beer Week. I picked this one up, I think, at Whole Foods. Um, Yeah, yeah. I picked this one up at Whole Foods during Beer Week. And uh, I saw Hop Henge. I'm like, dude, Hop Henge. We did that like four years ago. It was like this rare white whale that someone sent us and like just sitting on the shelf right there. So I figured we should do it then and now type thing. And, uh, you know, we did the, the request for, for media samples. And, uh, it was funny. We got the email back from Deschutes. Like first email was our, our schedule set for the year. I'm not sure we can get you on it. And then a couple of minutes or I, I sent back, well, that's okay. Uh, you know, coincidentally, you're available in Pittsburgh, too. And it's like, oh, you're on the, the Pittsburgh release list. So they also sent us uh, some Blackbeak Porter, some Mirror Pond, and one of their other ones, which we'll be doing on upcoming shows. But this one is not provided by the brewery. This one is paid for out of my pocket.
1: Out of the Craft Beer Radio yeah, yeah. pockets, which
0: is the ones you support. Yes. You do your
1: th- Amazon account. This is Hophenge. Uh, they called it an experimental IPA. Hop Hophenge... Is there, they, this is their quasi marketing speak, their annual exercise, well, this is marketing speak, annual exercise in IBU escalation. Uh, an outrageous amount of Centennial and Cascade hops are added to each barrel uh, with a heavy dry hop presence as well.
0: I'm outraged. That I use marketing speak? No, I'm just outraged that they use so much hops.
1: No, outrageous, yeah, it is. Um, crystal, pale, language changes. What are you going to do about it, Pusho? Crystal, pale, and carastin malts.
0: Carastin?
1: No idea. So they say they malted. So this is the malts, though. They they say crystal, pale, and carastin malts, but then they have a description of their malts and their hops and it's different. Malt, pale, and Munich. <laughs> what happened to the crystal and the carastin? Hopped Cascade, Centennial, Millennium, Chinook, and One Experimental Variety. So there you go. 8.8% alcohol by volumes, 99 IBUs, 504 calories, in a 22 ounce serving. Please
0: enjoy. Baird's Carassa malt is a British crystal malt with caramel-slash-toffee flavor and hints of toasted bread. The color is... Golden,
1: with slightly a tinge golden. of bronze.
0: Actually, it looks like it also has some uh, floating particulate, yeasty particulate in the beer. The aroma. Big head pour on this beer. Several inches worth. It's an interesting aroma. There's there's hop flavors you expect, and, and then there's mm-hmm. things that don't make so much sense. And it might be the experimental nature of such a experimental IPA.
1: It smells like the biny the bine of
0: the hop, as opposed to the hop itself. See, I, I'm getting a bunch. I'm getting, like, this really... It's almost like looking at a mirage, right? And it's just, like, shimmering and wavering. And okay. Occurring. I'm getting a whole bunch of different... Things I'm getting some standard aromas, and those would be like, hmm. Hold on, that sniff was not, not effective. <laughs>
1: Suddenly, well, that's a mirage. It changes. It's a shimmer.
0: I mean, you get some, you know, uh, Cascade Chinook type aromas, but then you're getting, you know, hints of oh, passion fruit. Dare I say, like, agave or something like that. Dare you say it. Dare I say it. I've never used that one before, but I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it tonight. I'm feeling agave.
1: I'm I'm really not sure of what it's smelling, but it smells slightly artificial.
0: I'm smelling something that's kind of... Kind of minty and I can right. yeah. like that leads towards saccharin, which leads towards artificial, right? But I mm. uh, see I thought it was I was going more of a, a wintergreen or something like that. I was going more natural than artificial. This is available January through April. So well, this one tells a story. We haven't taken the sip yet, right? We're just smelling, and it, it's, it's... May. <laughs> Good luck. I bought it at the end of April. uh uh-huh. so. Ooh, take a sip of this thing. There's a... The malt really... What are you giggling about? Just
1: a, a, a thought I had that I'll... I'll Stay for the post show. Uh,
0: you, you better. Yeah. Giggling like a schoolgirl over there. Can't even write it. He's giggling so much. Take a sip of this thing, though. The malt, it really has a, some big flavors to it, not what you were expecting in you know, an experimental double 9% IPA thing. Take a second sip here. It kind of plays. How about pineapple upside down cake? you know you get the pineapple but you get the big cake flavor too right i mean i think it really plays through
1: also one of my favorite shots but okay regardless <laughs> no i think you're right there is a there's a kind of graham crackery malt mm-hmm. right in this and the the hoppiness i don't know if pineapple quite covers it but it's close it's close enough to to talk about it and the it kind of it definitely feels juicy, but at the same time, almost it ends kind of dry. It's it's really it it's does have a,
0: an interesting end to it. So instead of the finishing with that sweet sugary cake, you know, pineapple upside down cake thing, it goes into what's it, What is that? That's it's a bit kale. It's a bit. Cabbage in general, <laughs> but but it has a drier, and for me, when I think of kale, I think something that has a little more astringent, dry finish to it. Okay, so that's why I say kale so much. Where I think cabbage has a bit of a, a sweeter finish to it, rel- relatively speaking.
1: Okay, if you say so, what cabbage are you eating? <laughs> <laughs>
0: typical white cabbage whatever made into coleslaw or, you know, something like that. Maybe I'm thinking of all the oils and stuff on it. I don't know.
1: I think you but, are. Coleslaw is generally yeah, a sugar and stuff yeah. added to it. Coleslaw can be pretty bitter, particularly mm-hmm. when cooked. But
0: regardless, let's get back to the beer. Mm-hmm. Even Huluski has some sweetness to it.
1: question for you okay what's your favorite kind of cabbage I,
0: I think you and i agree i don't think i have enough uh knowledge to answer that question i think brussels sprouts are my favorite oh well sure if brussels sprouts count
1: yeah they're
0: cabbage okay i, I like I love brussels sprouts mm-hmm. i haven't had a ton of endive but i like the, the endive that i had i really liked so
1: endive is good
0: All right. So I think it's about ranking time. What do you think?
1: So I haven't finished analyzing this beer okay. yet. And I'm having a difficult time with it because it's... Being that it's experimental, mm-hmm. it changes from year to year because they throw in a different experimental mm-hmm. hop each time. Uh, and perhaps they change the malt as well. kinda not feeling it. I'm kind of really? yeah, I'm mm-hmm. kind of just okay. trying to figure out what the heck is going on with this beer. And it's throwing me for a loop. Now it could be flight, we just had a just porter. Just
0: ride the loop, man. Just ride it. I'm trying. I mean that's where I'm at. I'm not sure I fully get it, but I'm riding it and I like it. It could be flight, we just
1: had a porter and I like the porter more than I like this. Mm. But Uh, you know, I can taste the alcohol on this, first of all. 8.8% tastes like it. I'm getting some, you know, uh... Boy. Let me give another sip here to get see if I can sort of analyze this while it's in my mind. Hmm. I don't want to repeat myself, but I'm getting some kind of pear esters Mm -hmm. here and a little bit of,
0: is that right? What is it? Throw it at me.
1: it's, It's kind of a starchy tomatillo. I don't know what what
0: that um, would be. I'm I'm not near that. I I tried to find pear, not getting pear. Yeah. The more I drink it, the more I'm settling in on like a the pineapple topping on a pineapple sedan cake. You know, I'm getting tons. I'm of really far away from
1: pineapple. Probably mm. because the the sweetness is is pretty strong here, and I'm not really tasting. A well, lot that's of why the... I'm thinking
0: of it in a filling type. Application like uh, in an upside down cake or something. So like
1: that. a really sugary, over-sweet version that doesn't have the tang. But yeah, then, but then I mean that's not pineapple anyway. That's something different. And sure, that's sort of where sure the sort of artificial I mean, thing. Comes that's
0: where out. that's the pineapple I grew up with is pineapple that's you know that's caramelized and roasted on a ham or pineapple that is on top of an upside down cake that's roasted in an oven. You know that's that's where I learned pineapple. You know that's where I grew up with it. So.
1: Okay, but that presents a much different situation than fresh pineapple. I think sure. we should distinguish that well, because we tasted it a pineapple, pineapple
0: upside-down cake. <laughs> well, I,
1: I I didn't get the difference. So if I didn't, and I'm very close to you, other people might not. So okay. clarify. What kind of pineapple are you tasting?
0: The the kind that's been baked in an oven. So take a pineapple ring, put it on top of a cake, bake it. You know that. So and,
1: and sugar is. Caramelization, yeah, yeah. other things you added mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. Most of the, the brightness is taken out of mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And it becomes, you know, a slight I agree, there's the you know, there's still a pineapple kind of through in there, but there's a lot of sugariness that's mm-hmm. added to it. Yeah. Round sugar, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Uh you know, slight molassesy kind of note.
1: Sure. Okay, then I would agree with you though.
0: Okay. I mean that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I, I thought when I said cake early on, no, I, that, I had that set didn't the stage.
1: Didn't d For okay. me it didn't. Okay so
0: ranking time not
1: a lot of, I haven't close had a lot of
0: pineapple upside down cake in well, my life so just wanted to, I'll have to make my have my mom make one for yes, you
1: yes please do I would like one
0: alright so I think it's ranking time we gotta close this show out we've been rambling for a bit here do we ramble I <laughs> think yeah we rambled a bit this time ramble on okay um Jeff, how would you rank these beers? How would I rank these beers? Am I missing... Oh, the Ken. The, the yeah. Westbrook. Okay, so... Start from the bottom here. I'm going to put the top Dinger from Oso, last mm-hmm. place. It tasted like an old beer. No decoding on the bottle. The hop... It seemed like hop faded. It just didn't... It didn't live up the label. didn't live up the name. Had nothing really hoppy in the aroma and whatnot and the other beers tonight even though they're similarly styled put it to shame and then it gets hard the next four beers are all quite enjoyable let's see I five. think
1: and under five they're five beers
0: what am I missing no this oh no, I'm sorry yeah there are four,
1: four. my bad I, I am. The empty I'm
0: going to put the Coronado uh, sock knocker next. That had that really resiny hop aroma. It was it was good beer, but the other three I thought were uh, were more dr- more impressive, more drinkable. Uh, I like the sock knocker for what it was. It it just didn't have uh, hop flavors that I really really okay. dug. Now let's see where do I put the Westbrook? The Westbrook. I'm going to put the Night Train, that uh, the intermezzo, the portrait that we did in the middle of an mm-hmm. IPA show. I'm going to put that uh, in third place. Enjoyed it. It was the best beer that Oso had sent us. Mm-hmm. I'm glad to have a beer that we enjoyed from Oso. Then I'm going to put the Westbrook IPA in second place. I dug that. had a really neat, fresh hopped type feel to it where it gave you that lupulin scratchiness in your throat and uh, it just tasted like hop tea um and then we also talked about how the malt really had no real other than just a foundation there was nothing to speak of in the malt right it was just all hops all the time mm-hmm. you know and uh but it was enjoyable for sure. I, uh, absolutely, the Hop Henge. Greg sounded kind of cold at that, it, you know, towards the end there. I really dug it. I thought it had some really neat story going on in there. Had a pineapple upside down cake, and and really, that's a lot of different flavors going on in there. Bring out one beer, and I'm going to give that the number one spot tonight. And I expect that Greg is not going to put it anywhere near there.
1: No, it's not going number one. I don't have. I mean. Yeah, you know, we talk. I don't. We don't we talk about it a lot. But if, if something reminds you of something from your childhood, you're you're gonna rate it high. Uh, Hop Hen doesn't remind me of anything from my childhood. Mm-hmm. It reminds Jeff of something from his childhood. It's gonna rate high. It's comfort food, right? I mean, that that's what
0: that's yeah, what the be. whole yeah. thing comes yeah.
1: to. My number five is. I agree with Jeff Hopdinger. Uh, I don't think it works compared to the other beers. I think it, it's a fine drinker, but it really doesn't. You know, doesn't display itself in any interesting way. So it's number five. Uh, my number four is going to be the hop henge. I am kind of confused by it. Uh, it's it's got it's got interesting dynamics going on for it, but that's about it. I, you know, appreciated the other beers more. My number three is going to be the sock knocker. It didn't knock my socks off, but I did like it. It uh, it has cadmium, so watch out for you guys in California. No, the label, the label has cadmium. Still, watch out. And uh, number two is going to be nitrate. I I kind of I I really dug it. I, I thought that the the stuff that was coming through and that porter, and I really appreciate having a little multi break in in the hop show. And and I, I would recommend that if you're ever doing an IPA flight, put a multi beer in there. It's I I think it's going to rank high in your rankings because it's it's a nice flavor break. But my number one beer is going to be the Westbrook. I really enjoyed the Westbrook a lot. It tastes like a fresh hop beer. It tastes like you know like like we were picking hops. That was a. It's a really. it, It brings
0: back memories and and like. Do you think that's a comfort thing as well?
1: In a way in a way it, I think it is it takes
0: is. you to a place where you're having a great time yes you know?
1: yeah sure absolutely I mean, this is all you know taste and, and smell and memory are all interrelated and we're all weird conscious beings with weird things going on in our heads I don't know but that to me was my number one beer that, that was the beer that I was like I, I want to have more of that so although I, I kind of wanted to have more of almost all these beers so take that as you will we just did an IPA show Jeff
0: we did. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Craft Whoop. Beer Radio, episode 289. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Greg had the wrong music queued up. Way to go, Greg. <laughs> okay. Craft Beer Radio is released under Creative Commons license. You can visit our website to find out exactly what that means, but you can actually take parts of our show and reuse it as long as you attribute us. Uh, you can contact us on Twitter. Twitter. At JeffBear at CBR Greg. You can hit us up on email, that old fashioned email system mm-hmm. beer at craftbeerradio.com. If you're on Facebook or Google Plus exclusively, you can find us by searching and probably try to contact us, but we might not get back to you right away. That's about it. Thanks, Weirdo.